0: Welcome to Hidden Headlines, the good news, the God news, the stuff nobody in the secular media is talking about. I'm your host, Brian Sussman. This is news for the first full week of January. All the stories I'll be talking about can be found at briansussman.com. Just click on the blog. And by the way, if you like what you hear, please share. I really appreciate everyone who's listening. Coming from a variety of backgrounds, persuasions, faiths, I'm just here open it up to you telling what you want, telling what's telling you what's on my heart there was a story that caught my eye i just want to dive into this first so today we're going to be talking about the other side of transgender the other side of transgender we're also going to be discussing hmm my goodness could it be that could it be that satan is using the electronic sphere to uh, soften people up and get them ready for God knows what. We're going to be talking about that. Also, who Christians trust more than pastors? Because there's a Gallup poll out discussing this. So let's dive in, first and foremost, to the other side of transgender. Can we go there? It's going to be interesting to see how the alternative sex activists react to this particular book. The book is entitled Trans Life Survivors. So The Federalist has a story about this, and I've got it up at bryansussman.com, and then I link to The Federalist story. But it's about a guy named Walt Hare. Walt knows firsthand what it's like to undergo sex change surgery and then regret it because after living as a woman for nearly a decade, he decided to accept his biological sex and detransition back to male. So what happened to Walt was some early childhood trauma of the sexual variety caused him to have doubts about who he was sexually and uh, eventually... He had surgery to become a woman. And Walt suffered huge waves of regret. And uh, the bottom line is um, he detransitioned. He's a guy again. Now, I know for some you're thinking, well, that, that dude's really screwed up. Why didn't he go what was, with, what was in his heart to begin with? What did he, Did some Christian get a hold of him and try to convert him? Listen, I, I can tell you this. My, my daughter is uh, a wonderful psychologist in her own right. She's actually a licensed marriage and family counselor. She works with drug addicted women. She has told me every one of every. Now, this isn't like 50% or 75%, every one of her drug addicted clients, everyone were sexually abused. Everyone, long before they got into drugs, were sexually abused. Sexual abuse can mess up your mind. I, I know this firsthand. If you were to get into my story, uh, there was sexual abuse when I was a kid. It, it, tw- it really twists your brain up. And so, can I just say this? I, God loves every one of you listening. If you were sexually abused, God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Oh, he wants to come in and just change you, rearrange you straighten you straight, right right the ship if you will and and show you his love in ways in which you never thought possible oh that's what he wants to do for you i've had uh many guy friends who were once gay and you you're thinking what once gay that's impossible i thought once gay always gay no these are guys who uh lived sensationally gay lives in san francisco and some of them are married now um So I've seen this with my own eyes. I've even seen a guy, many years ago I met him, he came to speak at a church that I was a part of, and uh, he had gone through the, the transformation many years ago, and then had this incredible encounter with Jesus, and he went back to who he was. So these things can happen. We can't rule it out. The sad thing is, if you're a a licensed marriage and family counselor in the state of California. You can't even talk to clients about this. Somebody could come in your office and say, listen, I'm really struggling. Oh, man, you could get in so much trouble. So that is that is a sad story in itself. But I hope you'll go to bryansussman.com, read the rest of this article, and I have a link to the original article, and you can find out more about the book. Again, the book is entitled Trans Life Survivors, Trans Life Survivors. Uh, the other story in the news that I want to talk about in this Hidden Headlines broadcast is who Christians trust more than pastors. This is a, a Gallup survey, and when you look at this carefully, I think—I mean, Gallup just does the survey. He just does the survey, and and we take it from there. But um, the country's perception of pastors fell to a new record low in 2018, Fewer than half of American Christians believe clergy have higher, very high standards of honesty and ethics. So let, I would just turn this around. <laughs> so you, you're holding your clergy at a higher standard than you hold yourself and your friends. Is that it? Clergy are just people. These are people. I listen. I realize there are probably some people in the quote-unquote clergy who should have never gone that route because they're jerks or they're incompetent or whatever. You'll find that in any occupation. These, the, you made the wrong career choice, dude. You shouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, I've, I've met some wonderful men who were called to be pastors. I mean, absolutely called to be pastors. And in their pastoring, just had great hearts for people. In their pastoring, I had great abilities to teach and speak, great abilities to lead. And I would say about half those guys that I've been under, because again, you know, here I am. Uh, the the Jewish guy who ends up coming to know Messiah early and long before I ever got involved in Messianic uh, Judaism, I was going to churches. So I've, I've, and, and I've been involved in church leadership. Um, I would say half of the pastors I've worked with over the years have made some major mistakes. Some of them involving sexual misconduct. Some of them just being plain jerks and offending people. Uh, some of them incompetent when it came to running things, about half of them. But you know what? We're all, we're all imperfect. See, this is the whole message of Messiah. He's our atonement. He atoned for our sins and past, present, and future. And thank God he did because I'm telling you something, amongst all sinners, I'm the worst. But I, I'm cutting the pastor slack, even those pastors who have fallen into absolute messes. Because look back on the life of David. This is where I'd like to go with you. Look back on the life of David. David, the Bible says, is a, was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's no, uh, own heart. And yet look at the sin in his life. My gosh. Folks, I don't care who you are, what you've done. You'll never do what David did. No, seriously, you won't. I mean, think about this. Here he is. He's, he's the king of a nation. He's in his mansion. This was at a time when he should have been with his guys as commander of chief doing battle. I mean, the Bible's very clear about that. It was springtime when, when most kings are out, you know, doing battle against the enemies. He wasn't. He stayed at home this particular spring. Now he's just lollygagging up on top of his mansion and he looks down and, hmm, look at that. Ooh, whoa, Bathsheba. Hey, whoa, whoa. Who's Bathsheba? Well, he knew Bathsheba. He had to. Come on. She's on. You know, a house nearby, that means it was somebody very important living there because all the, the important people live near the mansion. Uh, this was this was one of his chief, chief military officers, Uriah, one of his chief warriors. That was his house. That's his wife on the roof taking a bath. David looks, looks again, and now starts to imagine. And what he imagines is sinful. And he calls her up to his mansion. And right off the bat, you've got a situation where he's the king, she's the woman, and now he takes advantage of this situation, and before you know it, they're sleeping together and she's pregnant. One time, and she's pregnant. He finds out that she's pregnant, and he does not oh my gosh, now what do I do? Um, So he decides to cover this up. He brings Uriah back for the battlefield, tries to get Uriah drunk so that he'll go home, to sleep with his wife. Now, why did he try to get Uriah drunk to do this? I mean, you think the guy's been in the battlefield a long time. The first thing he would want to do is come home and, uh, you know, have sexual relations with his wife. He knew the kind of guy Uriah was. Uriah was the kind of guy that would never do that because Uriah was so loyal to the king and to the, his men. Uriah's thought was, I'm not going to have sex with my, my wife because the guys out in the field aren't able to have sex with theirs. So why should I be any different? I'm abstaining for the sake of these guys. So what does David try to do? He gets him drunk tries to get him drunk in order to go home to sleep with his wife. Guess what? Uriah didn't fall for it. Uriah sleeps at the king's door. Doesn't even sleep with his wife at home. So now David's in a pickle. What do you do? Well, I'll send Uriah back to the battlefield. That's what I'll do. And I'll put, put out, a, put out a, a message to uh, his, his leader. When you get tangled up in your next skirmish with the enemy, everybody withdraw, leave Uriah up there. And who knows how this was told to the man. Guys, we're going to do this because Uriah can get it done. He'll be able to fight the whole bunch of them. Well, Uriah gets killed. So now David's guilty of what? He's guilty of sexual sin. He's guilty of trying to get one of his most loyal guys drunk. He's guilty of murder. Murder. And then he's guilty of trying to cover the whole thing up, the whole lock, stock, and barrel. And then he's finally busted. And when he's busted, what does he do? He owns it. See, this is why he was a man after God's own heart. He owned his sin. I'm sure for the rest of his life, there were people in Israel that held that against him forever. Just like in this survey, perhaps, people are holding something against the pastor. Folks, we can't do that. We got You got to let go. You got to let go. And for those who are in church leadership, who have fallen and sinned, my message is own it, own it, give it to God, own it, and He will make straight your paths, and He will atone for your sin, because He already did that on this thing commonly referred to as the cross. So again, that story's up at bryansusman.com. The other story that I want to get into, and I hope I don't sound like a kook here, but it's entitled, Smartphones and the Antichrist, Satan's Electronic Heyday. So this is the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church. He has said that dependence on modern technology will result in the coming of the Antichrist. So who is the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist, you read about him in the scripture, 1 John 2, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you've heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many anti- Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. The specific term Antichrist is used seven times in Scripture, twice um, in First John. Um, well, several times. Well, several times in the book of um, of First John, Second John. The the term just means against Christ, against Messiah. But the bottom line is, uh, most biblical prophecy and eschatology experts, and I've I've read a lot of this, they'll consider myself to be an expert, but I try to be knowledgeable about these subjects. Believe the Antichrist will ultimately embody will be the embodiment of what it is to be against Christ, and this guy is going to lead a worldwide charge to try to defeat Messiah and his people. And this is going to be the end times in the last hour, a man will arise to oppose Messiah and his followers more than anyone else in history. And if you look closely in the book of Revelation, there are actually two characters. There's one that's a political Antichrist, and then his accomplice is, the religious Antichrist. Now, I have personal feelings of what that might look like. You're going to have you're going to have a person who says, "Listen, there's chaos. There's all hell breaking loose all over the world. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that can finally bring peace to this planet." And to do this, he's going to certainly use the electronic medium to, to communicate to the masses, and everyone will say, yes, finally, we have one man who can do this! And then, right alongside him, he's going to have this absolute incredible miracle worker who is the religious Antichrist. And um, I don't know who that person will be. I've often thought that perhaps the dominant religion at that time might be Islam, Um So you'll have this this religious leader who actually is able to do miracles. So you'll get people's attention that way. And you'll have this political leader who everybody is in love with. And they'll lead us down a path. Oh my gosh. And they'll try to destroy all the followers of Messiah Jesus. And all those who are Jewish. So here's the deal. Um, Satan is called the ruler of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He's referred to as the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Uh, some interesting things are said about him also in what we commonly call the Old Testament, but I just think that's interesting. Uh, the ruler of the air, how do we receive our electronic communication so often these days through the air, through the air, smartphone, through the air? Um, I'll let me put that over there and talk about this over here. The Bible says, Psalm 19, verses one through four, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. I'll read that again. The heavens declare the glory of God, the heavens and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. Have you ever been out there late at night and you just, you're in a nice dark place. You look at the sky at night, the heavens. Oh my gosh, it's breathtaking. It really is incredible. And you look at the sky. I'm one of those guys. I mean, I'm constantly looking at the sky. Oh, my. You know, there are times sunsets, sunrise, cloud formations, light beaming through the clouds, very angelic looking. You're thinking, what planet am I on? This is incredible. And folks, this pales in comparison to what heaven's going to be like. I'm just telling you. I mean, the real heaven, what you see here is like, well, it says we see through a glass dimly. What we're seeing here is just, This isn't real compared to what heaven's going to be like. The colors you see here are nothing like you're going to see in heaven. The images, oh my gosh, it's going to be just incredible. But the Bible also says as we continue, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. It's God speaking to us. Look at that sunset. Look at that sunrise. Look at that sky. Look at that cloud formation. Look at the horizon. That's God talking to you. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words, the Bible says. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out unto all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Wow. See, this is one of the reasons why when I'm on the treadmill, I don't wear headphones. I want to think. I want to think about my day. I want to think of what God's done for me. I want to think of what God's doing for me. I want to think about what God's going to do for me. I don't like to listen to music when I'm on the the treadmill. I want to think, I want to think about God. I want to think about my life. I want to think how fortunate I am. When I go out into nature, forest, beach, mountains, whatever, I will never wear headphones. I want to hear, I want to hear. Last night it was outside. I was outside uh, near the beach uh, by this lagoon and oh my gosh, the crickets, uh, excuse me, the crickets, the, uh, the frogs, just this chirping sound of the frogs ringing. And I thought, this is, this is the voice of God. He created these things. This is better than any song I could be listening to right now. Uh, when I go into the mountains, I want to see those glorious mountains. I want to hear the birds. I want to hear the crashing of the waves at the beach. I wanna, that's, that's God speaking to us. His power, his majesty. Oh my gosh. It's incredible, and this is why I sometimes get so aggravated with technology, and I, I, think, I think Satan really is using this technology to make us stupid. Um, for example, I, I see all these millennials tied at the hip to their phones. I was at a restaurant the other night, people sitting down next to me, sat down, all young kids, I think from a local university. First thing they do is take out their phones and stare at them. They're not talking to each other. They're not looking at each other. There's no interpersonal communication. The server came up. They finally looked at their menus, put them down, made their order, went right back to their phones. And then while they're eating, they're still on their phones, occasionally talking a little bit here and there. But we're getting to the point where there's no interpersonal communication amongst people, let alone with God, because we're so tied up in these devices, which are coming to us in many cases through the air. He's the ruler of the air. Hello. But then it's even worse than that. I was talking to somebody who's in the generation now after the millennials. And I was talking about a certain Facebook post that I had that received thousands of comments. Or I should say uh, thousands um, thousands of looks and hundreds of comments. And I was telling her about this and she said, oh, is it Facebook? I said, yeah, I know Facebook's for old people. Yes, well, I only use Snapchat and Instagram. Okay, now Snapchat and Instagram not known for any kind of verbal communication, generally speaking, and not known for, you know, even words on the screen, it's all pictures. We're getting to the point now where people can only communicate with pictures. We're getting to the point now that when people do text, they can't even perfectly, they can't even properly write the English language. We're getting to the point where people are becoming dumb. And I think this is where Satan wants us to be, because make them dumb. Make them unable to think for themselves. Make them unable to stand up to power. Make, because at the end of the day, folks, when all hell starts breaking loose on this planet, you're not going to be able to go to HR, okay? <laughs> you're not. <laughs> no, no, no. And so that's what really bothers me. And I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying that as more people take the time to put down the cell phone and put away the tablets and take off the headphones, they will see the glory and the beauty of his majesty, and they will read the story of salvation, and they will fall to their knees saying, you know what? I need this. I need this. I need this. So that's my hope. You can read all about that at bryansusman.com By the way, if you enjoy these podcasts, uh, please make sure you share them with your friends. I, I One more thing I want to share um, I believe I talked about it last week, but it's worth a redo. Uh, this is the TV pilot episode that's a must-see. It's on the blog. Uh, seriously, if you watch the first four minutes of this trailer that I post, you will stop everything that day to watch the remaining 15 minutes. This is the first ever multi-season TV series about the life of Jesus. It's a crowdfunded uh, series. Uh, I've got the trailer up at bryansussman.com. Man, oh, artistic license, yes, yes but they use their artistic license to make it even more real. And I know you're going to enjoy it. And I wish these guys well. I hope everything works out with this particular project. Again, you can see it at bryansussman.com. Don't forget to uh, check in with me via Facebook, Brian Sussman Show, Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. You can also uh, Instagram, Brian Sussman show. If you go to briansussman.com, there are also ways to email me. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you share it with friends. The Another Chance podcast is doing very well. I've got a new episode probably coming out maybe this weekend, maybe next week. Um, it's on a friend of mine who's a pro skater, Joe Gruber, uh, pro skateboarder, and uh, his life story. It's, one, it's hilarious, <laughs> but two, it's super godly. So I think you're going to really enjoy that as well. Thank you. Thank you for uh, helping me get this Hidden Headlines podcast off the ground. It's gaining ground. Uh, people listening on a multiple, a multitude of platforms, and uh, the audience is growing, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. So if you like it, share it. All right, Brian Sussman, Hidden Headlines. By the way, that really is me playing drums in the background. Signing off.